How do we start these off? Uh, and we're back. And we're, and we're back. Yes. After long, long, a long time. It's been a... It's been a hot second. Three weeks? I haven't seen you since last recording, actually. That's not true. So I, long I, I see you most every day at school. Yeah, that's true. All right, so this week on Blast or... Uh, on in, what? On Blast. Is that a reference? No, it's not. Um... I'm blast oh, in the cage. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this week we're going to be talking about um, Unforgiven, a western from. Wait, wait, wait. What is blast? Like when you're like judging something, like put them on blast. Oh. Like oh. this is on blast. Oh. I, I use that as one of the descriptions for an, a different film boys episode. For all our film boys uh, fanatics out there who get who, who who picked up on that, who who read the descriptions yeah, read the thoroughly, descriptions. they're actually pretty good. Thank you. I like That's. Them. That's my favorite part of the job. Yeah, me too. It's reading them. It's reading. Also, our review. Is Do we have any more reviews? No, we just says like we're, co- we're we're connoisseurs of film. I think we got another one. We did. Let's let's probably look. Bad. Let's, let's, let's look. They're probably right like now. these kids didn't get to the movie till like three minutes in. <laughs> they missed the opening scene and lost all context for the film. Oh. Well, we now have seven ratings. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What did, what do they say? We had a different... I feel like we had another review. See all... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, okay. Um, but unfortunately, the username for the second review is hidden. And um, Oh. But there is a sunglasses emoji. Yeah. Oh, this is actually pretty recent, from April 25th, 2018. That was, that's one of my favorite days. Of course. This, this is the day <laughs> we got a review. I'm going to actually rate it right now. You're going to rate your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like how like some guy like gave us like a one star like I wonder if it was like somebody doing it as a joke or they Probably. just like came up to it and were like they actually legitimately listened to this and were like hmm this the, is this is a but one but, star. but most of our reviews have, have all been five stars yes <laughs> probably just because our only three we have um, um, I enjoy no, we have hearing, seven here wait three I enjoy hearing the film boys perspectives on these great films and their opinions on movies, symbolism, imagery, and characters. Well, thank you. Um, great analysis. Did you spell analysis wrong? I think that's the plural of analysis. Analyses. 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 Right. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm English one, so I can't really <laughs> say. Amazing. I don't uh, know. Like, Do you like see how like in the title there's like a dot, dot, dot? It says intriguing dot, dot, dot. Maybe that was intentional. Where? He wanted to keep us guessing in his review. Intriguing. <laughs> Oh, wait, I can read it again. I'm just going to keep reading. <laughs> I just I, really, I can read it again if I just leave for a second. Hold on. Oh, yep. Five stars. So how many ratings do we have now? Oh, seven. Yeah, well, that I don't think you can just read it over, and over. <laughs> 4.5 out of five stars. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, I'm listening. To delete this. from library. Okay. Favor in life. Okay. All right. So the film. Back to the pretty- podcast. Um. <clears throat> so the film, on blast this week mm-hmm. is Unforgiven from 1992. 1993. Directed. 1993. Well, this can be resolved the by. First conflict. It's. It's. Dad is saying, "I'm right. I'm right. Yep." I'm like 80% sure it's 92. I am 100. Oh! Ah! Is it 92? We're wrong. It's 92. What I, now? Wait, but it was on. It was up for the 1993 Best Picture. Yeah, that's how the Oscars work. 
<laughs> okay, well, it, it, it won in 1993, but it was made in 1992. So you can see how I got it wrong. Touche. Touche. Cliche. No, touche. More like cliche because there's a lot of them. Uh huh. <laughs> good one, good one. All right. Just joking. There's, they play on them. Anyways, okay, so 1992's um, Unforgiven, directed by and starring Clint Eastwood. Um, Wait, you remember the joke in, uh, in, in that game? And it was like, how, how to direct an episode of Seinfeld and cast yourself as Seinfeld? More like how to direct the last best Western and cast, <laughs> cast yourself, yourself as, the, as the lead. But yeah, so this film comes, you know, at a time when I would say that, you know, like, I feel like audiences were probably getting tired of westerns like people were definitely like moving towards more like sci-fi and like more like movies I don't know with tired like, is the right word because like maybe not tired but definitely moving like on tired would suggest that there were like a bunch of them being made and they're just like oh we don't want these anymore where I, I think hmm. the, the 90s probably was a time when they just weren't making as many anymore but and and that was because people were kind of just like didn't really want them anymore well, I mean in the 90s you have like more movies that are like you know because this is like when special independent effects film a lot of wait, 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 oh wait. I was gonna say like well this is like a big Hollywood movie right so I'm talking like you know, this is like when like special effects are like starting to you know really start like playing like a big part in movies. Yeah. And so people are like you know gravitating more towards like sci-fi films um, throughout like the eighties and the nineties. You know, you've got like the Star Wars movement. You got like Alien. Um, the Star Alien. Wars in the nineties. Well, no, but like I'm saying, like that Star Wars happens in like you know the late seventies, eighties. People are starting to move away from westerns because of stuff like that. Yeah, I, I see. I see the nineties more as like a time when like independent. Film mm-hmm. like Miramax and like Quentin Tarantino, and that's fair. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson and all the people and like Richard Linklater were all mm-hmm. like starting with like smaller films and people could like see that you didn't really have to have a big Hollywood right studio behind you. Well, Hollywood was changing regardless. Yeah, ho- yeah. For the worse of their is in business terms, mm-hmm. like they weren't. I, I'm sure they weren't making as much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, so. This is this movie is interesting because it's kind of like a take on the western genre itself, I feel like. Yeah. It's almost like a western about a western. Yeah. I would say. Um and that's just because it has like you know pretty much every imaginable western trope. Um yeah. And I think I think it's interesting though because like like I said like it does have a bunch of tropes from, you know, typical western movies. But it's able to not only, like, utilize those tropes, but also, like, I think paint them, like, in a positive way. Because, like, sometimes, like, when you see something that's, like, cliche, you're just like, oh, I've seen this before, I've been done, you know, been there, done that. But I think this movie does, like, everything it, everything it does, it executes very simply and very well. Yeah. I would say. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I could agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, didn't, I didn't love this movie. No, it, it's definitely not a movie I would have seen if we were not doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. But not to say that it's like a bad movie. Just like no, yeah, it's not a bad movie. movie. Um, but did, am I glad I watched it? Yes. So let's give a brief synopsis. We're going to limit ourselves to five minutes. Let's get let's get a timer so at 10 out. To, at twelve fifteen. No, I'm going to set like an actual stopwatch. All right. So brief synopsis in three, three two, two, one. one. You go. Uh, no, um, so Clint Eastwood lives on a farm a very long ways away, and he has two kids, and the movie starts out with 
talking about his wife who died, whose mother disapproved of Clint Eastwood because Clint Eastwood, his name is William Money, and he is a savage. He's a well-known thief and murderer. Thief and murderer. He's a bad guy. He's not a nice dude. No, not at all. And so he is now, like, retired living on a farm. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll let you talk about, like, the little call to action he gets. Yes, so the movie starts off in the town of Big Whiskey, which is a very interesting name. Um, And in Big Whiskey... It starts off with, <coughs> pardon me, a Time is money. Time is money. a prostitute getting um, cut up by a man, and it's a very it's a very just like cruel and like horrible thing to witness. And then so her, the rest of like the girls in the town, they're like, all right, we're going to we're going to get some money, to, you know, to get back at these guys for what they did. Yeah, it's two guys. And they so they basically off. they basically put out a bounty for them. Yeah. Um, and so Clint Eastwood, he lives on a farm. He he's struggling financially. His hogs are all getting the fever. Yeah. Um, his kids are full of attitude. Uh, no, we're not. They're nice. Not. <laughs> what? Did. <laughs> did Pa kill people? <laughs> Wait, but th- th- that's not attitude. No, but he's like he's like I can't move the damn hog. <laughs> I don't know. Um. We got to keep going because this is that. This is sort of okay. minute and thirty. And so then, um, what happens is some guy, this this kind of like younger guy, like probably like maybe a little older than you, a couple of years older, like probably his twenties or something like that, goes up and finds William Money, the guy, because he wants to get the bounty. William Money is Clint Eastwood. Yeah, William Money is Clint Eastwood. And he, but but you know, William Money is like, I don't do that anymore. I'm retired. I'm retired. And then we get the sense that um, he. Like he's saying that it kind of seems like they, they kind of turn a trope on its head. It's like, oh, I'm retired, my one last job. But then he's actually not suited for the job because he hasn't done any of this stuff in so long, and he can't even get on his horse. Yeah, like he tries to like shoot a can like with the, with his pistol, and he can't even he hit can't it. Even do it. So he gets a shotgun. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so he gets a shotgun. <laughs> he tries and to get on the horse, can't mount it. Um, so, so then he recruits the help of his friend Ned Logan, played by Morgan Freeman, played by Morgan Freeman, um, and they both go. And the movie's just them going out on a hunt for these two guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, we still have, like, two more minutes. Yeah. Um, and then there's some couple, there are a couple subplots. Um, English Bob is a character who helps um, kind of, you know, like, he kind of, like, represents, I think, you know, more of, like, how, like, outsiders, like, see the West because he, like, views everyone in the West as, like, uncivilized and, like, unworthy because he's, like, this, like, high and mighty British guy. Yeah. But then he just ends up getting, like... He gets his like you know humiliated and beaten up. Yeah, humiliated and beaten up by in little Bob, little Bill, <sighs> <laughs> little Bill, who is the film's antagonist, um, and he is basically he's trying to tell everyone that, like there's no bounty, you know anyone who's coming. These you know, crazy dames. What do you call it? The there's no whore's gold or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's he's the film's antagonist, and he's good acting, really. Jane Hackman, and then um, basically, um, there's I think there's a really big pause in the movie for a lot of it until they kind of start doing stuff, and where I thought I was kind of a little bored a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe that's just like me and most of my generation can't really sit still for long periods of time. So, um, but, <laughs> well, props to you for acknowledging. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then so basically, Clint Eastwood and Ned and this other kid get into the town of Big Whiskey. And uh, Clint Eastwood gets beaten up, and uh, it's kind of like the darkest hour moment for all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ned gets captured, and Clint Eastwood and the kid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. so 
Clint Eastwood gets beaten up, um, and then he has to be like recovered and nursed back to health. Yeah. And then after that, they go out to you know because they're still tracking these two guys, and they actually shoot and kill one of them. Yeah. Um, and the younger guy, it's funny because he's like he's pretty much blind. Yeah. He's not like actually blind, but he can barely see. He needs yeah. glasses. Um, and he's trying to like act all tough, but you can tell like he's really just like a softy. Um, Thirty seconds. And so, after they kill one of the guys who cut up um, the prostitute, they Ned decides to leave the group, um, and he is captured and taken into Big Whiskey, where he is beaten and tortured, and tortured. by Little Bill. Little Bill. And then, um, Clint comes back and gets his revenge and kills everyone in the and town. Kills everyone in the town, and then goes back to his little house. And and then the movie talks about his mother-in-law again for some reason. And then it's over, and that was five minutes and two seconds. That's pretty good. Yeah. I actually kind of like that. I think it'd be kind of funny. Yeah. I think if everybody could do the plot in like five minutes really quickly. I think it's a good shtick. I think it's a good spiel. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's essentially the plot, and um, yeah. it's executed pretty well. It's done pretty well. We're assuming, well, I, I guess we're not assuming, but we're going to talk about this movie as if you have seen the movie. You have seen it. Um, I mean, all you need to do is listen to that five minutes, and you've essentially seen the movie. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not terribly like. It's not a movie like where uh, what's one that like we I like had confidential. Well, I was gonna say like one of the ones we've done on Film Boys where that where we had to like explain the entire plot, like, like Brick, like Brick, because we had a scene by scene, scene by scene because it's such a it's such a movie that like you have to know what's going on in order to talk about it. Yeah, I was very confused for watching that movie. I watched it twice, I think. Uh, but um, all right. So what's okay. next on our agenda? So next on the agenda is some tropes, cliches. And takes on the Western genre as a whole. So, like we talked about briefly, like in the synopsis, it's the idea of like you know, like a retired gunslinger, you know, coming out of coming out of retirement, you know, one last job. Yeah. You know, we see, we see this a lot in a lot of movies. Yeah. Like noir, western. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a common thing. And you know, it's good. It's good. It's yeah. Not, it's, it's not bad. It's, there's a, there's an appealing aspect to it. Um, it's a, there's a relatable aspect for like the guy that goes back into everyday life and then mm-hmm. maybe. One of us will get chosen to do something yeah. exceptional, and so I think that's something a lot of people can relate to or want to have happen to them. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to see. Um, and like, in while like they do like resist going back, like, no, nah, that life's not for me anymore. Yeah. You know. That, well, in yeah. those, they obviously still have it in them, but in this one, what they do differently is that he does not have it in yeah. him to go continue. He's very incompetent. He's very incompetent. He's old. He's he's kind of weak. Yeah. Um, he's not even good at like his like regular his. Regular life, you know, yeah. he's not a good farmer. Like he can barely like handle the pigs. Not a good father either. He farmer. Leaves, oh, oh. <laughs> not a good father either. Though he leaves his kids for like three weeks. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, I get it's, it's like whack. I get it was like you know eighteen eighty, but I know, but still, still like I'll be back in two weeks. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Take care of your sister. <laughs> like all right. Jeez. I mean, um, he was leaving with like Ned's wife or something like that. Yeah, like that that Indian woman seemed very nice. She seemed very nice. Um. No lines, but what do you think that was about? I don't know. I, it seemed kind of weird. Interested. Like I saw that in those, I was like, okay. Yeah, it's interesting because she was like just like, just like moving about <laughs> quietly. Move about? Sorry. Oh yeah, um, you should have seen the show already if you haven't. Great show. Um, it was taped. No, it wasn't. Um, Our scene was. We should we should put it up on our Instagram. On the Film Boys Instagram. Yeah. The, as yeah. part of the promo for this episode. Yeah. We should do just that. like. Sebastian Oak ran off, listened to their podcast in which they run off with Unforgiven. Sure. That was really bad. It's okay. I tried. 
Yeah. I that think there's a, there's, there's a joke to be made there. There was. You know, when you get a piece of stone, you gotta, like, pick at it to make the sculpture. That's <laughs> Thank the you, big Seb- block. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Sebastian. <laughs> I'm joking. It was good. <laughs> so they're very, like, ill-suited, like, for their jobs. The only one who's actually seemingly, like, competent at, like, you know, being, like, a, like a gunslinger is this character, English Bob. You know, he has this, like... Barely a character. I mean, he's a character, but, like, does he have any purpose besides... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hear me out, hear me okay. out. Well, you will explain. So, English Bob comes in the story, and everyone's like, oh, he's... Are you the English Bob? And he's like, yep. He's like, did you kill all these men? Yep, yep, yep. And he's the like, The Duke of Death. The Duke of Death. Um, but they mock him and call him the Duck of Death. Yeah. And I think he... What does he represent? What is he trying to... What, what's his purpose? Well, it's like I said, like, he... He kind of he looks down on the, on all the Americans because he's English and he thinks yeah. he's superior. Um, but he is the only one, like I said, who's able for one to like really shoot. He's on a train. He's on a train, and he shoots eight out of ten birds. Yeah, like that's just like that's incredible. That's impressive. But ironically, when like we learn more about him, he's not who he says he is. Yeah. So he's, he's, like, in many ways, I think, the opposite of, like, Eastwood's character. He claims to have this, like, you know, fearsome past where he is, like, I am, like, you know, this, like, murderous outlaw who, yeah. you know, destroys everyone in my way. In reality, he's not. He's yeah. kind of just a coward who got lucky. Um, little Bill actually, you know, recounts a story of, like, when, like, when English Bob, like, said he killed, like, someone. But in reality, he the other guy just kind of was, like drunk too drunk to really you know defend himself yeah um, and he shot him without a gun Savage. shot an unarmed man yep, another, a... another trope because that's you don't do that well yeah but it's not is it a trope well it's a trope that you don't shoot an unarmed oh, okay. man oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because like I said he's he's a foil to Eastwood's character who actually did have this fearsome past but doesn't want anyone to know about it he's like that's not who I am anymore yeah. you know, I just want to be a farmer and He's not even good at it anymore. And he, yeah, he no longer has the ability to do that. Well, I think it's interesting that uh, little Bob... Is that... Bill. Oh, what? <laughs> I thought it was Bill. I, I thought I was, yeah, I was Bill. saying Bill, and then I had been corrected as Bob. You said Bob before, and I corrected you to Bill. And it's Bill. Oh, it's Bill. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's little Bob? English Bob. English Bob. Oh, English okay. Bob, little Bill. So Gene Hackman plays little Bill, who is like this town sheriff, and he's charismatic and charming, but he also... He's like a violent psychopath. Yeah. And um, I think that's really interesting. And he is the sheriff of the town. And I think that in any other movie, he would have been the hero, the protagonist, and this and Clint Eastwood would have been the bad guy. Hmm. But they flipped it on his head, kind of. Like where the guy coming into town, the outlaw coming into the town to collect the bounty, mm-hmm. is the good guy, and the sheriff is the bad guy. Because can't, can't you see that the other way around? Yeah, that's, that's a really smart take. And like... That connects to more like how this movie, you know, takes like a lot of like the Western tropes, yeah, and flips them. And flips them, yeah, yeah. So that's very smart. I thought that was. Oh, thank you very much. I, I thought that was interesting that they did that, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like you can see the story happening in reverse, and still be interesting. I also think that the the setting, like the time period specifically of the film, it's set in eighteen sixty. I want to say sixty one. I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, we have our film boys on it right now, currently. Time to Google. Um, 1880. So, 
at that point, like, from my minimal knowledge of U.S. history, um, <laughs> at that point, I feel like people were kind of, like, moving away from, like, this, the whole, like, cowboy-like mentality. You mean, like, more civilized folk? Yeah, people are becoming more civilized, and, you know, especially, like, you know, it's definitely by the turn of the century. And I think that whole idea of, like, this, like, passing on time period of, like, the 1880s, beautiful, um, that whole, yeah. the whole, like, passing on time period of the 1880s is reflective of how, you know, the audiences in the 90s have, like, sort of, like, moving on from the Westerns, but it's also the characters themselves in this movie, there's so many layers, are, like, moving on from their previous I lives. Think a good, I think a good, not only moving on from their previous lives, but I also think that, like, Back to the, uh, the idea that westerns were dying out in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and this kind of character, like I think the, the character of like the kid who's like the younger guy who's helping their team was blind, kind of um, goes along with the idea that like the whole idea of like the western cowboy is moving on, and society in America is moving on from the cowboy outlaw mm-hmm. to like more civilized means. I guess you could say. Do you think English Bob is representative of that? He's a representative, like total. I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that this kid, because once he sh- shoots the second bad guy, mm-hmm. he shoots him himself, and he admits that he has never shot anyone before. And it's also like, well, I guess well he I, says he doesn't want to shoot anyone again. He's like, I'm done. This is this is not for me. Yeah, and but also the point I was I'm trying to make is that like uh, he represents the new generation, not only by like rejecting that. But also in his thing, like, well, that's how it was in the old days, right? Like, you know, everyone's shooting, there's smoke everywhere. You remember that monologue he yeah. gives? He's like, wow, that was really exciting. Like, you know, in the old days, everyone was shooting around and smoke and everyone's following us and everything like that. So he kind of represents, like, that, that he's, he, his character can be used to show that that whole era is dying out and mm-hmm. that it's not, it's not relevant. 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 There you go. How did I say it? Revelant. Revelant. The Revenant. The Revenant. That's a Western. Yes, it is. Yeah, western. and it's great. It is. Um, the last is it the last great western? Uh, is this movie the last great western? No. Because um, that would be to say that. I, actually, I would say the Revenant is more. Well, I don't know. We're not gonna talk about the Revenant. Okay. Um, I, at one point, I do want to talk about if we think it deserves this place as like a last great western and what that title means. So we can either we do that now. Well, or I think later. it's the last. Western Western. I think like I think I think from this point forward, like the Westerns that you and I have talked about, like are they Westerns? Are they not? They're just very different from this movie. Unforgiven is so different from every other Western. Right. But it's made in like the same sort of style. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the writing the writing and like the the tropes, like flipping the tropes on their heads. The writing and like the characters. It's like an anti Western. Yeah, it's like an anti Western. Yeah, that's a good term. And I feel like the Westerns that we have now, like the themes and the settings, you know, are, you know, like, reminiscent of the Westerns from, like, you know, the 70s and 80s. But they're, like, stylistically so different. Do you get what I'm saying? But but that's to say, like, the like, Western directors like John Ford or, like, Howard Hawks, like, you can still make a Western with your own style. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not Western, saying that. I don't think the genre should be defined by, like, its style rather than mm-hmm. its themes. Right. But I also think, think style is like an overused word in terms of like filmmaking. I mean, oh wait, no, but like if you're it. thinking about like Unforgiven, like in terms of its like you know visual style, 
and like the music. It's very nineties. It feels very nineties. And, and when I first turned it on, I expected it to be like black screen, like really grainy letters, unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Like nice shot of a tree, very dark and very like brooding. No yeah, less. exactly. So I, th- I think that's more. Uh, and most westerns are dissimilar. I think that's what's think that's what's a modern western that we agree on? Hell or high water. Hell or high water. Completely different. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. But it can still be. But it's still a western. So agreed. Right. But I feel like this movie, like, in terms of like, if we're talking about visual style and the way, like. So you're saying the visual style defines the the genre? In many ways for westerns, yeah. Because you have, like, these, like, you know, you have, like, the standoff shots. You know, you have, like, the hooded character entering in from the saloon. Okay. You know, you have... I mean, because, like, when you think western, I think the visual imagery is, like, one of the most things that is, like, for me, like, the most iconic. Yeah, like, when you think rom-com, you don't think, like, a certain shot. Exactly. Yeah. You think western, you think of, like... You, and you think you have you know, like some time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I I do think to say that it's the last western, great western would be to say that you can't make another good western. Which well, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah, maybe I'm overstating that, but I think it's the last western of its kind. What what kind is that? Because it's so different from everything else. So I'm kind of confused about how. At the same time, its difference is almost in its like sameness. Very. That's a very. Philosophical intelligence. That was very. It was very eloquent. So it, it's different. It's say that again. Because it uses, like we've said, it uses everything. It doesn't do anything like groundbreaking in terms of like writing. I feel like no or directing. Like there's nothing about this movie that I was like, wow, that is so unique. Yeah. It just uses everything that's been done before in a different way. Okay. Yeah. So it's elements of of westerns that we've seen, we yes. know, and we love. Yes. But just shown in a different light. Mm-hmm. Okay, I also want to talk about yeah. Okay, I think I agree with that. I think we we'll also want to talk about the. Um, I, I think one of the flaws of me is that it was too. I feel like me saying it's too Hollywood is like a very kind of like elitist thing to say, and a very kind of like it's a very youth thing to say. Very vague, yeah, yeah. It's very youth, very elitist, and very vague thing to say because like, what does that even mean? There's so many production studios and everything there mm-hmm. I just think it was a little um, uh, not glamorized but kind of just because it's not glamorized it's very dark and, and there's some shots where all you can see is like red and Clint Eastwood's face mm-hmm. and it was very kind of hard to see a couple things but that, not not as a flaw but like as like a cool stylistic thing they chose to do but um, I thought it was just a bit uh, I don't know I don't know what, what the word is I, I didn't like the music very much I didn't think it fit and I didn't like a lot of it was kind of you're pretty big on music I've noticed yeah 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 I thought it was a little pre- I don't want to say predictable because it's not it changes everything on its head and it flips things around but it's yeah. I think it was predictable in that sense where it's kind of just like okay here's this scene we know what's going to happen mm-hmm. but I think that might have been like an intentional thing that they probably knew about because they're, they're taking the, everything we know out of western and kind of changing it mm-hmm. and so they kind of you still use that structure I have a I have an interesting proposal that mm. we should talk about. Um, so, I do you think the do you think this movie is what it is more because of the script or the direction? The okay, this is a big issue I think I have with writing. I think and filmmaking. I, I think sometimes writers get too much credit. I think sometimes directors get too much credit. So who do you think deserves credit here? 
the both do. I haven't read the screenplay, and I usually like to read screenplays to see kind of right. like what. Not I haven't read the screenplay for all the movies I've done, but like for Blue Velvet and like I read that screenplay, and a lot of it winds up on the screen because the, the guy who directed it wrote it, David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that actors don't get enough credit when it comes to things because this movie it's not about the acting and it's not about it's just not like a character motivated piece it's more of a uh, time capsule piece I feel mm-hmm. like it's yeah. more like this time what ha- what was going on this time more than like let's follow this character day to day life and experience it through his eyes Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can't say the acting made it what it was and I didn't think the acting was very spectacular I don't know if you I think Gene Hackman won. He deserved to win that. But I thought Gene Hackman and English Bob were like the best. Yeah, yeah. Clint Eastwood was fine. Um, I mean, Clint Eastwood is Clint Eastwood. He's yeah. not like he's not an amazing actor, but no. like he's he is who he is. Yeah, and um, he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. Kill people. Kill people. <laughs> but I don't know who deserved more credit here. I think it's a very typical script. Well, I'm in, I so I'm gonna, I guess the direction does trump the script. So I'm going to drop some some knowledge on you because um, I wanted to hear your perspective on script versus direction for this movie before I told you this this fun fact, oh. which is actually a very major oh, fun fact. Caught me in the trap here. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to be roasted. Well, I don't know because this script was around for 20 years before they made this movie. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so did David Webb Peoples... Just what a name, by what the a way. Name. David Webb Peoples. <laughs> David Webb Peoples. Did David have like the brilliance to recognize the tropes of the westerns at you know twenty years before this movie was made and like sort of like you know almost mock them twenty years before making the movie? I think this movie? is a similar. Or did Eastwood Eastwood take this script and almost flip it? Are you saying that? The original script start with no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'm saying that like, did Eastwood's direction like really bring to life? You know how like. No, I, I, I think reading the script would have been a pleasurable experience where you could have gotten the same story. Mm-hmm. I think it's very similar to you, you saw Prisoners, right? I did see Prisoners. Prisoners are very good. Yeah, and that's a movie that like the script is like excellent, mm-hmm. and it was like all about the script. And Denis Villeneuve, the director. Denis Villeneuve. 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 We've done a movie of his, remember? We have, but I don't remember saying his name very much. <sighs> I don't know. I, cause I haven't read it. It's supposed to be, it was around for 30 years. Or 20, 20, 20, 20 years. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so I, I guess he did recognize that. I think it's a it's a good script. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's just a good script. It's not a great script. Mm-hmm. I think there are better scripts written. I think it's a combination of both. I think it's... Yeah, me too. I have to agree. Yeah. I, can't, I think it's hard to say that one, because I don't think he won. I don't think he needed the best director for this movie. Oh, I thought it was really well directed. I thought like, I don't know, just like the way he, it all came together was very nice. Like, I didn't think there was anything like I said like groundbreaking about it. Yeah. But I felt like everything he did, he just executed like on a very, very good level. Who are some other best director winners? Um, I can try to compare it to. So I want to, I want to compare it to something. Inaritu. For Revenant. We're not going to talk about the revenue. Right. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Talks about the revenue. Okay, I, I, I think we discussed it pretty well. Do you want to talk about the, the title? Um, yeah, or do I do. Else? I do. Um, let's talk about the title. Unforgiven. Who is unforgiven? Who is forgiving? Who is un? <laughs> Who is un? <laughs> um, um, 
Un. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I actually had a, a funny bit. Yes. That, was, that, was, that was actually like really, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Um. But let's see. I think the question at the end is like, is Clint Eastwood forgiven or is he unforgiven? And I think you were, what, what helps you think about that is by having the text cards at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, and she still wondered. Why her daughter married this woman-killing scoundrel. Yeah, so she didn't forgive her daughter, it sounds like. Yes. Um, Cloud. Dia. Yeah, Claudia. <laughs> but Cloud. Like, I, I, so, yeah. So it kind of brings, brings up the question, like, can this guy forget his past of being a, a terrible person? I think it's also, like, can he forgive himself? Yeah. You know, is he able to, you know, move past what he was... I don't think he really is able to forgive himself. I think he's, you know, more easily able to forgive others. I feel like, um, well, like he takes he takes pity. He doesn't forgive uh, Bill. Well, no, that well, that's like well, he well, yeah, Bill is unforgiven for what he did because Bill tortures and kills Ned. Yeah, and who is like his lifelong friend, he used to be his old partner um, back in his like assassin days, and so I think you know he rightfully. Not, I don't know, rightfully, but he, you know, vengefully goes after him and kills him, which makes sense. Yeah. And I'm just wondering... Okay, the biggest question of this film is W.W. Beauchamp, Unforgiven. Beauchamp. Do you know who he is? Yeah, that's the weird writer, the writer guy. Yeah, is he Unforgiven? No, I'm joking. Um, is he Unforgiven? What did you think of his character? I thought it was fine. I thought it was like a comedic relief. Um, so much to it. Did you see it as comedic relief, or is that he is the link between all the stories? The story of English Bob? <laughs> I don't know. What? Uh, <laughs> um, well, because he's originally English Bob's companion. Yeah. And then he's like... No, well, he, 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 he's well, there for can... exposition. He's there so that English, so that we can see that English... Uh, that, that little Bill is a really bad guy, and that he can denounce... English Bob. He's he's basically there for someone else's story to tell to tell to him. Well, I think he is kind of like a what's I don't know like what the term I know there's a term for it, but like someone that just like like a social climber. Like he he moves from like the next like big bad guy to the next, you know, because he he like follows around English Bob, and then yeah. he follows around Little Bill, and then when Little Bill's dead, he like goes up to Clint Eastwood's character and is like trying to talk to him. He's like, which one did you kill first? You know, you would have shot the guy who had the you know the best shot. Yeah. Um, and then Clint Eastwood like puts a stop to that. And he's like, get out. Yeah. Or yeah. You'll die. I, do you think it's something to say about like media or something like that? It's like the ooh, interesting. Um, I didn't. I that, that media wasn't my take on that, but maybe I was just thinking that's like reflective of how maybe we as a society move on from you know one good thing to the next. One good thing? As like, as the westerns are being phased out, right? We move from one killer to the next? Yeah. Huh. That's kind of, yeah, that's an interesting take that like, he represents the moviegoers going from like one place. Or maybe we're looking into it way too much. I mean, that's, this is what we do here at Film Boys. Here um, at Film Boys, the pretentious uh, <laughs> film analyses, <laughs> as they say in our review. Yeah. Um. I also think that he represents the more civilized society that is yes more uh, more civilized than English Bob. Maybe I mean, no. 
English Bob trumps all. <laughs> English Bob is the most civilized man in existence. I just want to be English Bob yeah. for Halloween. The queen, you with your presidents. He's like, when you see... When, that was hilarious. Like, when you see royalty, like, you know... You will scoff at the idea to of violence. try to kill. But he's like, but a president. A president. <laughs> why not? Why, yeah, why not? Why not shoot the president? Savage. Uh, Welcome back to the radio play of Unforgiven. The radio life on Okay, guys. So this is a new segment we're doing on the on the cast. The cast. We're, or should we just go into it? Just no context. No context. Just start speaking as if we were <laughs> characters. So we're gonna read a portion of the script as if it was the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, to kind of give you guys an idea of what the film is like. Um, and we're both in drama, so we're both is... in drama. So we're we're both Oscar nominees, uh, <laughs> act, Oscar nominated actors, and. Um, Advanced drama, that we say. <laughs> that gives us that's our star cred. So this scene takes place between the writer guy, W.W. Bojamp. Bojamp. And he's kind of like the, I guess, comedic relief. Kind of had a little debate about this earlier. And um, Little Bill. And this is kind of just exposition talking about Little Bob. And uh, if he was nope. like... English Bob. Engli- <laughs> English Bob. And if he was as, as batty as he says he is to W.W. Because W.W. is writing a book about English Bob. Mm-hmm. And so Little Bill is kind of correcting some facts. All right, so uh, <clears throat> interior county office night. Actually, then, Mr. Cochran was faster on the draw than the D English Bob. Well, maybe uh, than the D, because he was going to say Duke of Death. Oh, okay. Well, let's start over. Let's start over. Okay. <laughs> interior county office night. Actually, then, Mr. Cochran was faster on the draw than the D... English Bob. Faster. Faster was his mistake. If he hadn't have been in such a goddamn hurry, he would not have shot off his toe with his first shot and he would have killed old Bob. See, son, being a good shot and being quick with a pistol, that don't do no harm. But it ain't much next to being cool. A man who will keep his head on and not get rattled under fire, he will kill you like his not. But if the other fellow is quicker and fires first... He will be hurrying and he will miss. That there is as fast as I can pull and aim and hit anything more than ten feet away, unless it's a barn. But if he doesn't miss... Then he will kill you. That is why there are so few dangerous men like old Bob there, and like me. It ain't so easy to shoot a man anyhow. And if a son of a bitch is shooting back at you, well, it'll unnerve most fellas. So that was actually an audio bite from the actual film. Uh, <laughs> so that was Gene Hackman and... Um, some, who, who played uh, Beauchamp? Some guy whose acting career never took off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Saul Rubinek. Of course. Who, who could forget? <laughs> Iconic. Okay, alright. Um, so now you want to move into our final thoughts on ratings? Yeah. Um, there's one scene I want to talk about okay. first, though. Um, or just like one tiny little tidbit. When... Oh, I should just realize what that meant. Never mind. Um, Wait, what? It was like when one of the guys who cut up the girl um, comes back. He's like, "Here, I brought you. I brought you a pony. It's just oh. for you. It's the prettiest mm-hmm. one." And then the other ladies like they fling stuff at him. Um, they fling like manure. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "What do you think it means?" And I was like, "Oh, it just means he's not forgiven for his act." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, answered my own question. All right, let's uh, move into final thoughts on this movie. Alright, I'll, I'll let you go first because you were. Thank, thank you, Smash. You, um, your, your pick. <laughs> I am. I am glad I watched this movie. Um, I am 
went for a given. <laughs> I thought it was a, like I said, a really interesting take on westerns. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, building a movie based on tropes and cliches and then, you know, doing them in the opposite way is, yeah, it was it was just a really good experience and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, it wasn't like a great movie um, by any means because I think, you know, for me, I didn't really have like any sort of like emotional attachment to any of the characters um, and I wasn't terribly drawn in. It's a little slow. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, yeah, what about you, Sebastian? All right, I this is not a movie I would have seen on my own, but I'm happy I did see it. Um, whether it is the last great western is up for debate. Um, I will happily have a conversation about it with anyone who wants to, except for me, the two listeners that uh, <laughs> we have. Um, Let's see. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it turned a lot of things on its head. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was well-directed. It was, you know, Clint Eastwood, he doesn't really have much acting range, I don't think. Uh, but but what he does, he's good at. And um, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a little... I, I agree it was a little slow. wasn't a big fan of the music. I didn't think it really fit what was going on on screen. But there is little music, and I praise, I praise that. I think that's really awesome to kind of have just minimal things happening. I do think is a little long and I don't think there are some characters that we didn't really need to have um, but overall I was happy to watch it I think there are better westerns out there I think a lot of westerns that were made were a, long, a longer time ago were better but I, I do enjoy watching this and I and I, I, I don't know how highly I recommend everyone needs, needs to see this movie but it is a good movie and if you have two hours might as well put it on yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in the mood for a western, um, I think there are other things I'd recommend. Hmm. I think this is a movie you should see. I think there are other movies you should see first. Yes, I agree with that because I think I think in order to pro- I think one thing that I made a mistake on is that I would have I would I probably will appreciate this movie more after I see more westerns. I agree. Yeah. So I think that you should try to see as many westerns as possible before seeing this movie and you'll appreciate it more than I did because mm-hmm. I, I think I will appreciate it in like five years or something like that in 30 years down the road 30 years down the road I'll appreciate it more but yeah. I, I do think it's good it's a, it's a solid a solid movie alright let's get into ratings um, out of ponies <laughs> could have been six could have been seven Wait, wait, what's that line from a Dirty Harry? Uh, Do you feel like no? It's like could have fired not, six shots. Could have fired like could could have been five. Could have been six. I don't know. But the thing is, do you feel lucky, punk? Do you feel lucky? Never mind. That was uh, <laughs> just because of the numbers. That's what it meant. Anyway. Out of ponies oh, yeah. for forgiveness. Out of no. Out of Clint Eastwood mounting a horse. No. <laughs> Out of fevered pigs? No. Um, out of yards, Schofield can't see. Out of cuts on a prostitute's face? No, no. that's horrible. That's terrible. <laughs> There's always like one, like when we go through these, that's just like no. no. Like when we did Sicario out of dead bodies in house. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, I am right up on the mic. Out of... Um, Forgives. 
Gibbs. Out of dead Neds. Out of lashes. No! Out of... Out of pheasants you can shoot from a moving train. Yeah, isn't it like out of ten? Like a bunch of ten? Yeah, out of ten. Okay, out of ten. So um, pheasants, little... little you can only use these things, I don't know it. English Bob. <laughs> out of pheasants, the English Bob can shoot from a moving train. Yeah. Um, out of unarmed men shot. <laughs> out of unarmed men shot by English Bob. I'm going to give this a seven out of unarmed men shot by English Bob. Seven out of ten unarmed men shot by English Bob. Okay, I think I will also give it seven out of ten. Or, because I think we've been making a mistake with our ratings, and we've been rating everything way too high. Yeah, I think. So we, I, I think we have to be more careful. Well, there will be a lot as a nine for sure. Obviously, yes. Um, should we just go through and reevaluate all of the films we've we've done? <laughs> that'll be a that'll be a conclusion segment. Yes. Yes. All right. But yeah, yeah. So, so seven for me, seven for you. Yeah. So uh, thank That's you for nice. listening. Thank you um, for listening as again always to the film place. Um, we'll be back. Do you are you are why we do this, really? Sometimes we do it, we, we do it for you and for us. Um, we do it for you, <laughs> listener. You are appreciated. But yeah, um, we're not. Oh yeah, so next time, next time on Film Boys, on Film Boys, um, we are doing um, Town of Jehovah. Yes. We are. City of God. City of God. Yeah, I was very confused. <laughs> oh, oh, good, good. That was good. That was good. I just did not. I was, I'm, I'm too normie. Too much, too much of a normie to get that one. All right. So City of God next up on Film Boys. Um, hopefully soon. Things have really calmed down for both of us. But yeah, so we'll, we'll be more available. Um, hope, trying to get back to that weekly, that weekly grind. Did we um, ever have a weekly grind? Were we ever recording on like a weekly The basis? first three weeks we got one out every week. Yeah, I know. Those are the damn times. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. Thank you all for listening. Um, and uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully next week we'll around see the same you next time. time all right. Film boys. Yeah. I don't know why. See, you'll we'll you'll hear us. You'll we, hear us. We, we will, will look at the clicks that we get <laughs> next week, and you will hear us next week. Post photos of yourself listening Please. to film boys. Yes, the next trend. Uh, hey, thanks. Goodbye.